Good morning, uh, Stephen Roman here in uh, London, England, and I'm the uh, president and the CEO of Global Atomic Corporation, and uh, here with Matthew. You are <laughs> in London. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. It's fantastic. So one of the most advanced African development plays here gracing us with his present. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> now, we're at the WNA, the World Nuclear Association Conference. Yes. The great and the good are all gathered here. What are they talking about? Well, I'll tell you, Matthew, that the uh, feeling and the mood here this week, mm -hmm. and the conference started on Wednesday, so now this is the third day, has been very, very buoyant. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, people are excited. Uh, you know, the whole switch to low carbon uh, mm. and the, the basic talk of nuclear now permeating many, many different aspects. They're even talking about it on the BBC now. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just a whole different mood that's happening now. Yeah, we're seeing politicians all taking the credit for it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's quite funny, actually. So we're all sort of beating each other up over whose idea it was. Um, look, it's, it's, nuclear is the possible solution for this huge energy crisis that we're all going through globally, not just you know, here in the UK and Europe, but you know, everywhere. Um, why have you come here? What, what have you, are you here to listen or are you here to also do a bit of talking? No, I've been doing both, uh, mostly talking because... Uh, the WNA is a, is a forum uh, that a lot of people in the industry come to. So there's utilities here, there's equipment suppliers here, there's, uh, there's many people involved in the industry across the whole spectrum. Right. Okay. So it's a good place to come to London uh, once a year to sort of do the rounds and meet everyone. Yeah. Uh, there's other, of course, developers like ourselves. And uh, you can chat with them and see how things are going, whether there's things you could do together to save money, save time, save cost. Oh, I'm so, so oh. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a very fruitful week. And um, of course, we've met with a lot of utilities here uh, that are very keen on our project. And uh, I'm listening, Stephen. Come on. And well, I'm, you know, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the good in. thing is that, you know, over the last uh, two and a half years, three years, we've all been locked down uh, mm. with COVID. This is the first time you can actually meet people face to face. And uh, it's actually something that everybody's quite enjoying. Well, I bet. OK, so but buoyant is a good word. <clears throat> I've heard um, bombastic. Uh, as well, no, earlier, I didn't say bombastic. You know, someone did earlier today <laughs> did and uh, almost joyful. Lots of lots of positive words. The vibe seems good. Um, I, want, I want to talk about that um, though, which is utilities. Everyone pricks up. I'm leaning in when the, at, the, at the thought of utilities because that seems to have been the key to all of this. Are they still listening? Are they here to have, have meaningful conversations? I mean, what, what are they talking to you about? What are they trying to work out? I, I think they're listening and they're definitely a little bit more interested, but they, I believe, still have not really to the point where they are in a panic mode, if I ah, may say. Okay. So they're, they're being cautious. Right. And uh, they, they like to explore different options for supplying their requirement for nuclear fuel. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, they're looking at all the projects here and I guess categorizing ones that uh, they think will actually make it 
in the next few years. Okay, North America is quite good because it's it's uh, laying out it, well the North American government, or the U.S. specifically, saying that we're making X billions of dollars available for the nuclear industry. We understand that it is. Um, the base load that we're looking for. Renewables is part of the mix, but it's not the solution here. Um, that's encouraging for utilities because they they have renewable, they have coal, they have nuclear as part of their, their nuclear fleets, part of their solutions. They have lots of different hydro, they have lots of ways they can supply energy, but nuclear is the one which is the most efficient for them. However, they don't like the thought of forking out billions of dollars to build new reactors. So we've seen uh, reactor extension stories We've seen lots of conversation around SMRs. Are they just playing poker here with the US government to say, hey, give us some more money and, and we'll get moving? <laughs> and, you know, again, how do you read that situation? Well, there's been some declarations here at the conference that the US has got to start moving aggressively to expand its reactor fleet. Right. By who? Who's saying that? Well, that's basically the Department of Energy from okay. my gathering. Uh, and uh, so they're they're talking about some pretty significant uh, reactor fleet expansion. Who's paying well, for it, though? Well, this is this is a, a good point. I don't know who will be paying for it, right. uh, but uh, this is happening globally now. So a lot of people are building reactors. They're looking at SMRs. Uh, there's a number of companies here that have been presenting yeah. their SMR technologies. Uh, Rolls-Royce for one here in the UK with a complete uh, architecturally designed product, a factory built that they can multiply and keep costs down. Mm -hmm. The big thing with all of these plans is that you have to educate people and train people to be able to fabricate these things. It's not, not just something that's readily available and most people have not been in this industry for yeah. many, many years, of yeah. course. Uh, been a little bit of a sleep sleeping dog. It has been a sleeping dog. But let me let me come back to the to the the U.S. government saying we need to. I think the thing what I heard was we need to double the size of our fleet. That's pretty punchy. That's pretty punchy, right? It's a lot of money. If I look at the Chinese government building another forty five reactors, they've gone here's four hundred billion. Get on with it. And by the way, secure our supply of uranium and enriched uh, enriched or otherwise. Uh, to make sure that these the lights stay on here. The US government's starting to talk like that. The European government's starting to start those conversations. But it seems with, it seems with SMR, it might be the shortcut to all of this, because that's that's obviously PPE, it's it's it's, it's private, you know, it's industry rather than government. Um, again, when you're when you're listening to those SMR type conversations, what, 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 what's the kind of um, what's, what's that narrative look like? Are people accepting SMRs as part of the solution or not? Oh, they're very excited. Right. Okay. Everybody that I that's been listening to these talks is very excited. Right. And uh, there's from many aspects, both uh, on uh, new jobs, training, cleaner power, uh, smaller footprints, uh, you know, less capital required to yeah. install these things. They're talking 400, 480 megawatt uh, SMRs, which is already a, a fairly sizable reactor, but these are, these are designed and built in a factory so that you can replicate them. Yeah. It's not uh, you know, the, the mega off the billions. Shelf. I love it's, it. it's off the shelf. Uh, isn't that hilarious? Off, off the shelf nuclear reactor. I love it. The other thing we're also hearing is that these SMRs can be sort of retrofitted into existing coal power fire stations. Like yeah, they, they, changing parts. 
That's sense. right. Well, I mean, they they feel that, uh, and there's a big study being been done on, yeah. uh, for instance, a fairly new coal plants that most of the infrastructure is uh, fairly modern, up to date. Yeah, they could take out the coal coal fired boiler and put in a nuclear reactor, and all the the downstream is there. Yeah, um, so the cost down. Nice. Keep, keep the cost down. It's it's already sites that have been relegated for a power plant. So permitting might be a lot faster, uh, but you need community acceptance of that, right? Mm. So this is another hurdle I would say that people have to go through is, is educating communities that these kinds of small reactors are efficient and they don't pollute and uh, it'll create a lot of new jobs. I think Boris Johnson, the outgoing or He's now gone, uh, Prime Minister of the UK. He's made a, a statement around that one about nuclear being the solution. And, but there is some pushback about nuclear uh, reactors being built, but not because of nuclear, but because they don't want it in their own backyard. So people want the cheap baseload energy, the cost of the energy, but they don't necessarily want it in their backyard. So that's a, that is a kind of subtle shift in argument and statement. It's, it's not Greenpeace protesting, it's people going, I don't want a sort of eyesore in my uh, line of sight. Yeah, but if there's already a coal-fired plant in your backyard, then what difference does it make? It'll, exactly. be, it'll be a lot cleaner, there won't be any smoke. In that scenario, absolutely true. Nailed it. Hey, let's talk about um, what's going on in Niger. Things have, you've really moved things on this year. Yes, we have. Significantly advanced. We're seeing licenses and all sorts going on. Remind us what's happening in country. And then I want to hear from you what you're talking. I want to hear what you're talking to utilities. What are you saying to utilities? I know they're just in listening mode, but what do they want to know? So, Well, I just got back from Niger. So effectively, okay. I came uh, back to Canada. I had to quarantine under our draconian rules in Canada for two weeks. And as soon as that was done... Still doing I, yes, I, I jumped on a plane to come here. So I'm fresh out of Niger and uh, it was a very successful trip. So I signed up all of our agreements to incorporate Somida there, yeah. Societe Minière Dasa, SA, yeah. our local operating company. Yeah. And met the president, uh, the PM, the mines minister, uh, had a tour of our office facilities there. We have very modern Mm. up-to-date office facilities in Niami. Mm -hmm. uh, at site, uh, of course, we've uh, completed the box cut. We've, we're now, right. um, we've moved uh, about 42 trucks on convoy from Cotonou up to site with our, okay. our brand new mine camp. So that was sourced in Turkey. That's now under construction there. That'll all be done in the next two months. Then we have uh, the mine contractor arriving, uh, probably mid-September, they're gonna start uh, coming in and starting training programs. So we've got right. simulators coming in with all, uh, basically for the new mining equipment. We've got our core team of people managers hired now that are running uh, the operation, yeah. uh, both in Niami and also at site. So uh, we put out, uh, a job request uh, last week, uh, and just we're, we're opening up to everyone. So anybody that's interested in working for Global Atomic, Somida, the local operating company, send in your application, your CV. In one day, we had 1,200 applications. So, you know, other, other people have told me, you know, in, in 
some other parts of the world, the, the country I come from, they put out applications and they got two job applications. We got 1,200 in a day. So there's a lot of people that want to get involved. They, there's a lot of good talent there. Yeah. And uh, we're going to start training programs, uh, apprenticeship programs. Um, so we, we're going to have a, a really well defined and integrated uh, ramp up. So yeah. we should have by November, we'll have about 150 people working on site. The ramping is going to start. And uh, yeah, that whole feels thing, real. It feels it's, very it's, real. It's very, very real. So as a matter of fact, uh, if you want to come, Matthew, yeah. November 2nd, we have our opening blast. We're going to have politicians and everybody there. I'll I'll turn up to the opening, opening will be, of an envelope. Let's I will. Go. I will be there. I will be there with a big crew, and it's going to be a, a really uh, Tom, momentous occasion. You on Tom? We're on. We we, we just did an amazing uh, Africa trip around Namibia, looking at some of the the uh, uranium companies and tin companies and lithium companies down there. Uh, you, you should. We're going to take you up on that. Okay, but that's happening. Good. Okay, let's yeah. make it a thing. All right. Um, now. Making, you, need, you need to get your visa, which is yep. no problem here in London. Yeah. So yep. uh, now I've been to Niger. Done that. Done that. Good. Before. Um, right. It feels real. You're building this stuff up. You've got the capital in place, and we 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 won't talk about tin today. We'll talk about that another time. Okay. Zinc. Tin. Tin. Zinc. We'll talk about that another day. It's all happening, but it's still got to, the stuff on the ground's got to work, right? So again, come back to these conversations with utilities because you're the nearest thing we've got to talk, you know, in terms of development companies talking to utilities in a real and meaningful way. If they're looking at your company, they need to know this thing works, right? right, they, right. If they're going to give you term contracts, they need to know this thing's going to work. It's going to actually produce, you know, like cake in a, in a tin for them um, because I think they're going to be sorely disappointed by several other conversations going on out there. Seems to be what I'm, what I'm hearing. So do you, do you get a sense of that? Do you think utilities looking at the market and going, I believe everyone, it's all going to be fine. You're all going to do exactly what you say. <laughs> <laughs> no, the utilities are still very uh, conservative. So, you know, we've signed an, uh, a deal for our first offtake with a U.S. utility. Uh, we have a number of other RFPs right now that have been submitted to us from other utilities. Mm. Um, some utilities are saying, well, you know what, we want to just see a couple more milestones done when you get your project financing completed. Mm. Um, so we're working now with our banking syndicate and they're doing their due diligence. So mm. they've hired their lawyers, they've hired their engineers, they're doing that. Mm. Matter of fact, we've got a big group going over in a week to Niger to finish all of that technical due diligence. And by, you know, hopefully by beginning of November, they'll give us the green light on the, the debt component. Yep. And I think then you're gonna see more utilities get involved and start signing deals. We'll say, yeah, this thing's moving ahead. That's excellent. And, uh, you know, of course, our backstop of, of course, is our direct shipping option to Arano. So that should be all completed as well. We're just uh, haggling over one amount at the moment. <laughs> but, uh, 
uh, as soon as we get into war uh, and start doing that development, we're going to start shipping. So that gives us uh, a, an option to start generating early cash flow, which can go against any kind of mill construction financing. Yep. We also have uh, warrants coming due in September, about $9 million. Okay. So that keeps us topped up and, and running at full speed through to Q1. In March, April, we'll get a dividend from our Turkish operation. In June, we get a 20 million warrant exercise at $6 a share. Uh, so effectively, the mine is financed without the mill financing. So that, those two I like to keep separated. And all of that money that we put into the mining development goes against our equity component for the mill financing. So it's, it's almost done. That's good news. Um, that and the good idea news. that we have, rather than issuing any equity, we've got two or three uh, groups right now that want to provide us a, like a two to three year bridge facility, like a MES piece subordinated. If there is a, a gap we need to fill uh, that'll keep the banks happy, then we don't need to issue equity. That That's my total desire. And just to do a, a subordinated loan uh, that you'd pay back from cash flow because you're going to have a lot of cash flow coming once this goes. Uh, of course, the bulk sample, uh, just to remind you of that, it's the, the deal is 100,000 tons a year for five years. We may be able to accelerate that and supply it over three years. Well, that at $50 uh, a pound, that gives us a quarter million, a quarter billion free cash. Uh, which effectively would finance the whole plant without any debt. There you go. That's that's not too bad. So not too bad. I, I have I have options. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like. Well, I was going to ask you, but I think you covered everything. I'm um, going to ask you with regards to um, you. You came here to London. We haven't had this for three years. 2019 was the last WNA conference, right? Uh, it's buoyant. Um, what are you walking away feeling? What's the one thing that you've learned at this conference which gives you extra confidence that this market is, is going to start moving, this uranium market of ours? Well, uh, I would say that uh, I'm, I'm walking away saying, keep going the way I'm going. Keep pushing the project forward, getting the milestones done. The the deals will happen and uh, the utilities have to come to the table at some point here. So they're doing it slowly. They're very conservative. It, to me, it, it looks like they always wait till the last minute and then they all pile in at the same time. When it moves, it'll move. And so I think that the price will continue to move higher. Uh, you know, there could be chemical and others that bring in some new new production, Kazadam uh, Brahm. But uh, the demand is going to keep growing. And we're, we're not into a typical cyclical uranium market. We're into a long-term market here because the whole world has changed since the last cycle in 2007. Nobody cared about carbon emissions in 2007. So when there was an excess supply, people just stepped back and the price came off. Well, now there won't be an excess supply. There's gonna be many, many more reactors. 
and nobody wants pollution anymore. They want no carbon. So the only way to achieve that is with nuclear reactors.